I'm aware there's a glow on my head for those that are observing virtually. You may just get blinded. <laughs> and those that are here virtually or in person, I echo what Laura said, uh, welcome. And I want to thank Carl, uh, who invited me and guided this service, and Laura, and her vibrant creativity in creating it. Reed, my husband, and I have attended UU for several years. About a year ago, we joined. October, we got married here. Yeah. And now I'm humbled and honored to speak, especially during Pride Month. Yes. And we've heard yesterday, Frederick Pride celebration was yesterday. Uh, Frederick is about 60,000 people. I know last year 30,000 people showed up for Pride, and it was more this year. Uh, just positively amazing. Um, oh, I just forgot I got to do this. Would you do the first slide? Because I'm not doing something right. Oh, there it is. Okay. This is a picture from last year, Pride. Yeah. Gay Pride is a month to celebrate achievements made, honor heroes and heroines, even those that have risked their livelihood and their lives for where we are now. And yes, Pride is a festival. Flags, glitter, flags. Proud professional organizations and social organizations owning who they are, owning their story, such it was yesterday. And as we experience pride, we get a glimpse of people being wholehearted. Let me pause here. Um, I'm certified in the Daring Way, which is the research of Brene Brown. Uh, you can go to BreneBrown.com, don't do it now, um, and find out more about her. But her work is about researching about shame and what is resilience and what is wholehearted living. Um, and I would reference that to you. Um, it would be a delight to do a workshop someday on that here. Yeah. Brene writes, wholehearted living is about engaging in our lives from a place of worthiness. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up each morning and think, no matter what gets done and how much is left undone, I am enough. I am worthy. Amen. Hooray for us, Melissa's book. Yay. More of that. And noting the cultural, historical, and even legal achievements made is important in part of the gay rights movement. It is a must with any oppressed group, minority, ethnic, cultural group, to claim their identity and their equal right to be part of society. And this is an emotional, psychological shift as well a shift from the internal messages 
I'm not enough. I'm unworthy. Not good enough. I don't belong. And the external messages that come out from the extremists that say, you don't belong. You do not deserve rights. You are unworthy. Whether the voice within or those external voices, it's the voice of shame. Shame, again defined by Brene, is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. It's distinguished from guilt. Guilt is I've done something wrong. We've all experienced shame. It's a deep, basic emotion. And shame correlates to depression, anxiety, addiction, even suicidal ideation, and death by suicide. And not surprising, and really shocking, according to the research by the Trevor Project, which is a gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer advocacy organization 41% of youth have seriously considered suicide, and some have succeeded. Shame must be resolved to achieve wholehearted living. Ponder your own stories of shame. You, me, having moments where we feel flawed, unworthy of love and belonging. We all have it, experienced it. Shame for women shows up frequently as what women should be according to the social, community, religious norms. I think of uh, Tammy uh, Senator Tammy from Illinois. She's the first woman, what, what? Yeah, first woman to give birth as, uh, as a baby, as a senator. She's certainly not the first senator to birth baby. But she was told, how will you be a mother and be a senator? I bet they've never said that to a guy. For us men, shame shows up as don't be or appear weak. Gay men and women have had those shame experiences too. And shame for being gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer. Matt Cain, the author of The Secret Life of Albert Entwistle, speaks to this shame in these words. Maybe we would not feel inadequate and feel shame because straight people have never been made to feel shamed of who they are. Maybe because it's never been illegal to be straight. Gay folk hold shame differently and are shamed for whom they choose to love. How do we move to wholehearted living? 
the path is the same for all of us. The psychic, soulful, emotional work to overcome shame does not happen magically. I wish it did. Yet the magic is in mentors that guide us. Therapists that are healers. Family and friends that just love. And communities like ours that are guiding and embracing. It's all about courage. The word, basic word of the word courage is cur, which means heart. And courage means to speak one's heart, telling all of one's heart. Courage is the way to wholehearted living. Courage to claim our story, who we are, say this is me, sharing our story with people we trust and love, who embrace us, and by doing so, joining communities of shared values, shared purpose, shared being, shared faith, and living courageously. Which the first part of this is this, that internal message that says, I am worthy, bull. The external messages that say, you do not belong, Chill them out, don't listen. Except for Gerard, he was engaging with them and talking with them uh, on yesterday. It was really cute to see. Both the internal and external messages again are shame. And then out of that, we choose to live purposely in who we love, who we are, and our roles in life. It is a journey to claim the self. Yes, there will be challenges, yet there is no other path to finding joy, hopefully contentment, and yes, love. Speaking of this love, the poet, the author, Alice Walker has written, I have learned not to worry about love, but to honor its coming into my life. Over the decades, people have chosen courageous, wholehearted living. Communities have developed. We see them at pride events like yesterday. Then was it nine churches? Yes. Shared interests, shared vocations, shared beliefs. Being prideful, full of pride. Police officers, nurses, EMTs, name the vocation, even ministers being gay and pride, claiming who they are. The news and certainly the haters focus on the drag queens, the men in leather, dykes on bikes, and the gay community, were that too, and so much more. The diversity of pride organizations in my lifetime is positively amazing. There is even an international gay square dance organization. You laugh. Local groups, convention in a couple weeks in Ottawa. You can do -si do see my partner, he'll be there. Showing up proud. It 
1980, I was having a spiritual awakening. I was realizing I was gay. I was enrolled in Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Within a few years, I would be ordained a Presbyterian minister. I pulled out my liturgical garb for today. And one of my first times in a gay bar, I met Leonard Makovich. Leonard had served three duties in Vietnam. He had been awarded the Purple Heart and Bronze Star, and he loved his country. He loved the military. And in 1975, he challenged the military by writing his commanding officer and stating that he was a proud Air Force sergeant and his plan was to continue to honorably serve and saying, I am a homosexual. And he was summarily dismissed. Yet he challenged the ruling and in 1980, a federal judge ruled that the military had not proved their case that a homosexual was a detriment to service. Imagine that. <laughs> it would take 35 years for what Leonard paved the way to be policy. Leonard subsequently resigned thinking the military would find some way to remove him and then he made it his life mission to advocate for gay rights and later AIDS funding. Here he was in front of me in my second time in a gay bar. And he moved from person to person, greeting them, chatting them. He came to me, he kissed me on my left cheek. And we chatted about gay rights and coming out. I did not feel proud. I felt the deep experience of believing that I was flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Though I had been kissed by the man on the cover of Time magazine, I could tell no one because it would reveal who I was. Shame. In 1981 was the first AIDS case. Soon hundreds and thousands of gay men were dying or dead. It was called the gay cancer, the Kate extremist voice. It was just due punishment for the sodomites, God's punishment, their attempt to shame not only the gay community, but people that simply had a virus. Victor Frankl, writing from the madness of the Holocaust, reminded us that we don't get to choose our difficulties, but we do have the freedom to select our responses. Let me repeat that. We don't get to choose our difficulties, but we do have the freedom to select our responses. Meaning, he argued, comes from three things. The work we offer in times of crisis the love we give, and our ability to display courage in the face of suffering. We all have the option to display and claim our dignity 
our wholeheartedness. That was the cover of Time Magazine and Newsweek when hundreds and thousands were dying. In 1988, Leonard Makovich died of AIDS. His grave does not have his name, as you will note, though it reveals his story, it intones his value, his legacy. It says, when I was in the military, they gave me a medal for killing two men and a discharge for loving one. He is buried in Congressional Cemetery. He picked his gravesite. J. Eggert Hoover and his lifetime companion are 50 steps away. Leonard picked his gravesite. Let me reflect on how the gay community responded to the AIDS crisis. The gay community and its allies came together to serve, to heal, and to change. Fundraisers for medical care, housing, clinics were formed when the government was doing nothing. The community educated about the disease, promoted safer sex practices, advocating for the mask of the day, the condom to protect they even forced businesses to shut down if they were engaging in unsafe sexual practices at the business. And yes, there were militant members of the gay community, one being particular, ACT UP. They were militant, they were outrageous, they stormed vocally and physically against the establishment, one man in particular became their target, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and ACT UP made a change. They advocated that there is a need for right to try medications and to speed up the process for emergency use medication. We had that impact with COVID. Medications approved like that. Thank you, ACT UP. And Dr. Fauci, writing about this, said, even though he was being attacked, he was meeting with them, having dinner with them. And he wrote, I put aside the confrontational behavior and the attacks on me and listened to what they were saying. And what they were saying was making perfect sense. It made me feel if I were in their shoes, I would be doing exactly what they were doing. Wholehearted living at times requires us to take assertive, aggressive action. And then there was another response to the AIDS crisis. In 1984, when what caused AIDS was unknown, 6,500 gay bi men signed up for an NIH study. Most were made, motivated by wanting to make a difference, to find out what caused this disease. Most thought, sign up because they would be dead soon anyway. 
they thought they had it. The national study was called the Multi-Agency Cohort Study in the Baltimore, Washington area. It was called SHARE, Study to Help AIDS Research Effort. It was a four-year study to determine what caused AIDS, but within months, they knew. And yet that study, which I'm a part, has continued for 39 years. Yeah. 1.5 liters of my blood is frozen somewhere, they tell me. <laughs> that study, and again, I'm quoting Dr. Fauci here, said understanding of HIV through this study and others led to understanding of all diseases in the 21st century. My point here is when a community individually, we claim who we are, we wake up each day, I am worthy, and then when we join as a community, we make a difference. And yet, all of us are facing another crisis. We faced this one before. Over 450 bills have been introduced in recent months seeking to curtail and enact punitive laws against gay at the gay community. Laws, regressive policies that would deny all liberties and rights to vote. And there is physical violence. In 2021, 50 trans citizens were killed. In 222, 38 trans citizens were killed. We don't get to choose our difficulties, but we do have the freedom to select our responses. We can choose to be wholehearted. An estimated 22 million gay, lesbian, bi, trans, queer, even questioning individuals are out and proud in our society. It's out of one's own personal crisis, out of shame, to pride, to wholehearted living. And we all must do this. We all live lives of worthiness. We make a difference with others. Yes, and from worthiness, we impact for the good of all society. Oh, the guy that kissed that guy on his way to becoming a Presbyterian minister, I continue to do my personal work. We all must. I moved to Frederick, got married, part of a Unitarian, Universalist, loving community. My life work as a therapist, a coach, workshop leader, has been about guiding people out of the stories that diminish shame to wholehearted living. I know we here at UU model wholehearted living. When someone comes, we welcome. We appreciate their badge so we know that you're a welcomer, a welcome E. They see our colors in the atrium and what we're about. They experience in our time together, to paraphrase Frankel's words, to love, to be, and display courage. 
that is the way to wholehearted living. And whether here in person today, thank you for being here, or with us virtually, live wholeheartedly. Live in pride. May it be for each of us. May it be for all of us. Thank you.